0: Buck Benny, a two-fisted, quick-triggered marksman who shoots from the hip and never misses. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the Bing Crosby Show. It's 2017. I don't currently have a Judy Garland show ready to go for this week, so I thought I would come on and do a Bing Crosby show. Some people have been asking for more Bing. Tonight's episode is from 70 years ago this week. And Bing had, as his guest, none other than the world-famous comedian Groucho Marx. So you get a chance to hear Bing and Groucho. Bing's going to do That's How Much I Love You. It's going to be his first song. As Long As I'm Dreaming, another one of his songs. Then uh, Groucho and Bing are going to do a baseball sketch you're going to hear a song, Goodbye, Mr. Ball. I don't know what song that is, but Groucho's going to sing it anyway, uh, along with Bing. How Are Things in Glockamora is going to come on. And then Where the Blue of the Night is going to be whistled. Let's go back to How Are Things in Glockamora, though. I that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring this show to you, because the Glockamora song, at least the lyrics from it, are featured often on Jack Benny's Train episodes, where Elliot Lewis recites the lyrics with, um, of course, Frank Nelson, and they just do it straight, and so it makes it very funny. Uh, but here's a chance, if you've never actually heard the song, for you to hear the song sung by Bing Crosby, which should be fun. Anyway, without further ado, here's Bing Crosby and his guest, Groucho Marks, in a great episode of the Bing Crosby Show from 70 years ago this week, May 14th, 1947. Enjoy. When
1: the blue of the night meets the gold of the day, someone for
2: me.
3: This is Bob Murphy welcoming you to Philco Radio Time, produced and transcribed in Chicago with John Scott Trotter and his orchestra and Bing's guest, the George Barnes Octet, Groucho Marx, Warren Brown, and Hank Greenberg. Tonight we are at Ross Auditorium, Great Lakes Naval Training Center, Great Lakes, Illinois. And now here's the vice president of the Pittsburgh Pirates, Bing Crosby.
4: Well, thank you, Bob, but I want to point out one thing to you. Your your introduction sort of puts me in the light of being a a very hard-bitten baseball executive instead of the gay, carefree minstrel that I am.
2: Well. (laughs) Well, look,
4: Bing,
3: I've been wondering about your position with the Pirates. Uh, Just what are you vice president in charge of?
4: Bob, I'm vice president in charge of watching games, eating hot dogs, and keeping my mouth shut. (laughs) In other words, uh, Bing, you're just a fan. Oh, no. Fan can boss a team. You've been to Brooklyn, haven't you? (laughs) (laughs) But believe me, Billy Herman doesn't need any help. In other words, Bob, I'm just like the vice president of the United States. There ain't no such thing right now. (laughs) However, Bob, I'd better launch into a song before the Cub fans among these many men, Navy men here, launch a torpedo toward the stage.
3: Uh, you know, you know, Bing, I'm a Cub fan myself. You
4: know, Bob, I may have to lose you. Now, (laughs) fellas, here is a number that seems to be popular right now, but I doubt that you'll ever hear a ball player sing it to an umpire. Its title, That's How Much I Love You.
1: If I had a nickel, I know what I would do. I'd spend it all for candy and I'd give it all to you. I'd spend it all for candy and I'd give it all to you. Cause that's how much I love you, baby. That's how much I love you. If you were a picture, I'd hang you on the wall sit back where i could see you and i'd never move at all sit back where i could see you and i'd never move at all cause that's how much i love you baby that's how much i love you
4: I'd hang around your den, and I'd pester you, my honey, until you let me in.
1: I'd pester you, my honey, until you let me in. Cause that's how much I love you, baby. That's how much I love you,
4: I'd stand and let you bite me and I'd never move a hair, I'd stand and let you bite me and I'd never move a hair, cause that's
1: how much I love you baby, that's how much I love you.
3: Oh, Bing, ah, it's only a couple of years since I was standing here at this microphone wearing the, the blue suit and the round hat myself, and without a Philco
4: portable to my name. Oh, the magic of radio. And now, Ace, I suppose you're going to tell us that you'd have loved it all if you just had a portable van.
3: Well, mm. that's what it says here, Bing, but I can't seem to get the words out.
4: Relax, Robert. Under the circumstances, the Philco people will surely overlook such a daring departure from the commercial.
3: Well, Bing, I'll admit the Philco portable might have added a little prestige and influence to my career here at Great Lakes. You mean uh, like officers saluting whenever you'd carried it? Oh, more sensational, more sensational than that, Bing. Would the best-looking wave follow it around? Bing, imagine this for just a second. The band is all set here on the stage. Yes. John Scott is ready. Huh? The show is about to start. Go on, I'm all ears. And then suddenly. <laughs> hey. And then suddenly, Bing, you show up for the broadcast with your shirt tails tucked in. Ah. Uh. That's how sensational that new Philco Portable would have been. Definitely a noble departure from tradition, huh? You bet, Bing. Philco engineers threw away the book when they designed this revolutionary new Philco Portable, and it's brand new from the circuit clear through to the case. And, brother, it's a powerhouse. Tunes in stations all along the dial, and more of them. Plays even on trains and planes. And for vacation trips, it's only terrific. Ask your Philco dealer now for the sensational new Philco Portable. The newest thing in radio from Philco, the leader.
4: In the new Paramount picture, Welcome Stranger, I sing the following ballad, while all the Barry Fitzgerald fans saunter out toward the popcorn machine.
1: As long as I'm dreaming How nice it can be How nice to have you in love with me. Did you know that you just kissed me? What a thrill I got. As long as I'm dreaming, why not? If I were just wishing What good would it do? What chance would I have To wish for you? If you never know I love you Till it works out fine As long as I'm dreaming You're mine just kissed me. What a thrill I got. As long as I'm dreaming. Why not? If I were just wishing
4: Well, we're going to, leave, uh, going to leave Chicago in a day or so, and in glancing through my diary concerning activities in about Chicago while here, I find some highly sensible remarks concerning the weather. <laughs> I, uh, I find that I've enjoyed many fine golf games. As a matter of fact, I dropped a buck or two with the local Sharpies, picked up a pound or two at the Shangri-La restaurant where the Cantonese food meets the blue of the night, and in the search for talent department, I was fortunate to find the George Barnes Octet. George and his group are with us tonight, and their selection is one that you're sure to jump with. Just try and hold still now as they ramble through the muskrat ramble. George Barnes and the octave... (laughs) Ain't it? George is gone, really gone. Fine, George. You and the lads are indeed a smash. Now, fellas, I'd like you to meet a sports writer who has been batting a thousand for many years around this part of the country. Presenting the Chicago Herald American Sports Authority, humorist, and Cub fan, Warren Brown. Thanks, fellas, and, Bing, it's nice to be up here at Great Lakes with you. Well, I'm glad to have you aboard, Warren, despite our difference of opinion concerning the best team in the National League. Cubs? (laughs) No, the Pirates. Here we go again, huh? Okay, Bing, we'll drop it. Like a Cub infielder, huh? I, 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 I shouldn't have said that I'm sorry I, I apologize Well, we'll change this subject. Yeah, let's do that What have you been doing today? Well, before I came to the naval station I... Let's see what, Oh, I stopped off at uh, Waukegan, Illinois To visit Jack Benny <laughs> What's o- at Waukegan, boys? <laughs> Something I should know? <laughs> Cub in yes, I wanted, I wanted to visit uh, Jack Benny's birthplace, Warren. Is the old log cabin still standing there with the wildcat skin on the door. Yeah, you know Jack got his first violin strings from that wildcat. Well, I knew they didn't come from a tame cat. <laughs>
2: You're
4: right. Those strings just had to come from a predatory beast. Had a tough time though, quite a time. I, I even dropped a quarter in Jack's uh, wishing well. I thought you were supposed to drop a penny in a wishing well, not in Benny's. <laughs> If you drop anything less than two bits in his well, a trained salmon swims to the top and squirts water in your eye. I know about that salmon. It not only squirts water in your eyes, it also bites the coin to see if it's any good. (laughs) Oh, he's quite a fish, all right. By the way, Warren, drop by the hotel later. We're having it for dinner. I don't know about that thing. What's the matter? Why not? The last time I was over at your hotel, it went into extra innings. Oh, you mean that night you ran into me right after the opening game at Wrigley Field? The score was one to nothing, if you remember. Yes. It was so cold that day, the score was zero to one above zero. (laughs) Anyway, so just so we keep no secrets from our large and intelligent audience and our assembled guests here tonight, let us fly backward in fancy. The place, the lobby of the Edgewater Beach Hotel, the time shortly after the first game of the season. You remember, Warren, I was huddled over a radiator Reading your account of the ball game when you stepped up to me and said Bing, can I see you a minute? Well, Warren Brown What are you huddling over the steam for? Boy, I'm cold It was freezing at that ballpark Want to pull up a radiator and join me? (laughs) Not not me, I'm hot That show-off Greenberg would have to hit a double with two men on base Oh, he really took a hold of that one, didn't he? The wind hadn't been blowing so hard, that ball would still be going well, they sure caused me a lot of extra work. What do you mean? Well, I had my story written the night before that the Cubs had won. <laughs> Warren, you're so imprudent. You should check with me. Every time that Greenberg comes to Wrigley Field, he upsets everything. He did it in the World Series in 1945. He always does. He haunts the Cubs. Well, I hope it's nothing temporary. <clears throat> <laughs> It really looks, though, like Wrigley Field is lucky for Greenberg, doesn't it? Well, Bing, if you get rained out 153 more games, your Pittsburgh team will probably win the pennant.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, I just want you to know, Warren, that I bear you no antipathy for your biased attitude. And you know what I did for you? I went out and bought a copy of your book, The Chicago Cubs. I bought it out at the ballgame yesterday. Did you read it? Well, only I got to page three, then I made a bonfire of it to keep from freezing to death. You <laughs> noticed that smoke... I thought it was Bob Hope sending up signals to the Cleveland Indians. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, Bing, do you know that all the time Cleveland was training out in California, Hope didn't go out to see the Indians play one game? Well, Warren, uh, Bob didn't know that he'd bought a ball team. He thought he purchased the blanket concession at Albuquerque. (laughs) Besides, he's afraid to go out to a ballpark. He was hit with a baseball when he was a child. His Indian name is Chief Lump on the head. Oh, that explains everything. You are so right, Warren. So right. I'm glad you see it our way. Yeah. Well, let's get back to you. Hmm? How did you ever happen to sell Greenberg the idea of going to work for the Pirates? Oh, I had nothing to do with that. No? Hmm? Well, let me ask you this. Is it true that after every ball game, you have to run up to his room and give him a rubdown? Oh, that's so much fiddle-faddle, Warren. I never do. This is merely a vicious rumor started by old Chief Lump on the head. That's so? Well, it's a fact, isn't it, that you personally knit all of Greenberg's sweatshirts? Oh, this is the grossest libel I've ever run into. You may lay that report, too, to old Bulge on the Bean. I'm not so sure. Isn't that Greenberg coming across the lobby now? Well, it's either Greenberg or the Palm building. <laughs> hey, Hank! Hank!
5: Oh, hello, Warren. Hello, Vice President.
4: Well, Hank, you sure played a great game today. Oh, I did nothing, Bing. Yeah, we got to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> How much would you stay, take to stay away from Chicago? Stay away from Chicago? I love Chicago. So do I. That's why I want you to stay away from here. <laughs> you know, Hank, Warren is really an ardent cub rooter. Well, it was nice to see
5: you, Warren. Come on, Vice President, let's get upstairs. I'm really stiff from the cold weather.
4: I need a good rub-down tonight. (laughs) Rub-down? Just a minute, Crosby. Well, I just had a few bottles of liniment left over after I sold the horses, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Hank, shall we get going upstairs? I've got to keep you in shape. Would you fellas mind getting away from that radiator? I'm expecting guests for dinner, and I've got to steam a sack of clams. (laughs) Well, you're Groucher Marks, Or I'm greatly mistaken Glad to know you greatly <laughs> How's Mrs. Mistaken And all the little mistakes <laughs> Groucho, this is Warren Brown And Hank Greenberg well, Which is Greenberg and which is Brown? I'm colorblind <laughs> You know Warren Brown He's a newspaper man Well, tell him to leave one at my house every morning He's not that kind of a newspaper man. Warren sees the Cubs play every day. Well, I guess a man will do anything to make money. Your hand. (laughs) Greenberg, I want to see you about signing up with my ball team. Now, wait. Just a minute, Groucho. Just a minute here now. Wait a minute. Don't worry, Crosby. He's never been able to outnit you. (laughs) (laughs) Have you got a ball team, Groucho? I had a ball team when you were just a babe in Ruth's arms. (laughs) I was a big man in baseball when Happy Chandler was known as Sad Sack. (laughs) Roucher, your team has got to be nothing. Listen, Crosby, the Pittsburgh Pirates couldn't even get in the same shower with my team. (laughs) Oh, I don't know about that. Well, I do. I've got a girls' team. (laughs) That changes the whole picture. I'm owner, manager, and trainer of Marx's Bloomer Girls. Better known as the nylon socks Why nylon socks? Well, you get more runs that way What a team I've got, a curve on every bag Well, I want to tell you something, Groucho You can't have Greenberg He signed with the Pirates this year Well, he can play for both of us My girls only play night games I'll bet your girls look good in night games Actually, they don't wear night games, they wear pajamas
5: Well, Groucho, thanks for your offer But I don't think I could play with your team Why don't you try to get Hildegard? She's on second
4: (laughs) All right, Hank, come on, sign this contract And so you'll feel at home, here's a ball pen
5: Well, that's very flattering, Groucho
4: Hank, I'm going out to the ballpark tomorrow and watch you some more Have you got a box seat? No, that's just the way my pants (laughs) hang Say, hey, Groucho, I suppose a lot of your girls got married last year. Uh, so many of them got married, we had to have spring training at Niagara Falls. <laughs> Next season, I'm going to let them train in Reno. <laughs> That's a separation center. Well, well it's a... Uh, Pardon me, one. It's none of my business, Bing, but I think a girls' team would be too slow for Hank. Yeah, he's got to have action. Action? Why, in one game, I heavy hit us uh, slap the ball to center field. He ran to first, slid into second, slid back to first, made it to second again, then slid back to first, and back to second. What was the idea? Her girdle was caught on first. (laughs) Well, Groucho, I'm afraid, I hate to tell you this, but your mission here tonight is futile. We've got Hank tied up for a year. Tied up for a year? He won't be able to brush his teeth. (laughs) Anyhow, I have in uh, my pocket a copy of a song I want you to sing. Something clever? Yeah, it could be. I didn't write it. It was written by Bill Corham and Harold Smith. And if this song goes over, I'll make a fortune. Well, your name isn't on the tune. How are you going to make a fortune? I've got a ticket on the Irish sweepstakes. (laughs) Anyhow, Bing, this is a song about Greenberg. And if you don't mind, I'll teach it to you and vice versa. Okay, let's break in the song. Why not get the key from John Scott Trotter? And we won't have to break it in. You're so smart. We've heard about those old-time dangerous pirates Of Captain Kidd and Silver John the Long But we prefer those modern dangerous pirates As As our victims victims
1: walk walk the plank We sing this song Oh, goodbye, Mr. Ball, goodbye You are gonna see an
4: awful lot of sky Don't hang around for Richard to open up that door When Hankus Pankus hits you Where you've never been hit before Oh, goodbye, goodbye Mr. Ball, goodbye You had better kiss your relatives, relatives goodbye. goodbye When Hank comes to the plate Ball, you're gonna be out late So goodbye, Mr. Ball, oh, goodbye goodbye Mr. Ball, goodbye, Mr. ball, goodbye Say hello there to the sun up in the sky A plate is mighty handy to eat the lean and fat, but not when Hank the Greenberg serves it up with his big bat. Oh, goodbye, Mr. Ball, goodbye. Go fly till the blue has met the down down up in the sky. When Hank gets home run itch, ball, you're gonna drop a stitch. So, goodbye, Mr. Ball,
2: goodbye.
4: (laughs)
5: Took be finer than a partner like Ralph are in the outfield And I am confirming that I'll work for Billy Herman in the infield
4: Oh, goodbye, Mr. Ball, goodbye You had better kiss your relatives goodbye
5: Wait a minute, when the count is 2-0 and, oh and I let that third one go, what happens then? You're out Oh, oh goodbye,
4: goodbye, Mr. Hank, goodbye.
5: <laughs> and furthermore, when I think I've got a hit and it winds up in Slaughter's Myth,
4: how about that? Too bad. Oh, oh goodbye, Mr. Hank, goodbye. Oh, oh Mr. Greenberg, Green goodbye. goodbye. Mr. Hank,
2: goodbye. <laughs>
4: Well, we made it. That's it. Anybody hurt? Bing, I think you ought to play ball for Pittsburgh and let Greenberg do the singing. I think we'll arrange that first thing in the morning. I think Bill Carm did pretty good with that. He mm-hmm. picks songs like he picks horses. I don't know if that's a compliment or not, Warren. But I think Goodbye, Mr. Ball is destined to be a big hit, at least in Pittsburgh.
3: Okay, Bing, but no matter how far Hank socks Mr. Ball, you can always catch the play with a Philco radio. Oh,
4: you would, bring <laughs>
3: Remember, any Philco you buy this year has got to be tops. It's brand new from the circuit clear through to the cabinet. Not just a facelifting job, but scores of vital improvements in power and performance. Yes, even the smallest 1947 Philco table model is designed and built with all the resources of the world's largest radio manufacturers. And you can hear the difference the minute you dial it. Always thinking ahead, Philco gives you tomorrow in your radio set today. So when you buy your new radio or radio phonograph now, look at the leader. Look at a Philco, famous for quality the world over.
4: do I show Finian's Rainbow? Here's a big tune that seems to bear repeating and repeating. Sure, I've sung old Glock so many times it's getting so I pretty near know it. How are
1: things in Glockamora Is that little brook still leaping there Does it still run down to Donny Through Killy Bay? kill Kerry and kill Our How are things in Glockamora Is that willow tree still weeping there Does that lassie with a twinkling eye come smiling by And does she walk away Sad and dreamy there Not to see me there So I ask each weeping willow And each crook along the way And each last who comes aside
4: batten down the hatches for this session, but before shoving off, I want to say that we enjoyed our visit out here at Great Lakes. Meet all you wonderful fellas. You've been a wonderful audience. I want to thank George Barnes, Warren Brown, Hank Greenberg, and Groucho Marx for coming to bat for us tonight. Good luck, fellas, and good night, folks.
3: The program was produced and transcribed in Chicago by Bill Morrow and Murdo McKinsey. Groucho Marks may soon be seen in the picture Copa Cabana. Tune in to Philco Radio Time next week and hear John Scott Trotter, his orchestra and chorus, and Bing's guest, Maurice Chevalier. And remember, only Philco makes the 1201. It's the newest invention in radio from Philco, the leader.